Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart, touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame, so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Doing It at Home podcast. As always, you can listen to the podcast with the Parents On Demand app or through their website. So go to parentsondemand.com or go to your app store in either Google or iOS and you can download the pod network as in Parents On Demand app and listen to our show as well as all the other amazing shows in the network. And you can pretty much get any conversation ranging around anything, pregnancy, birth, parenthood, and beyond in there. It is a network designed for parents to get information that works for you, where you're at in your journey, works with your personality, life lifestyle. There are a bunch of amazing shows to choose from, so go check that out. Also, ways you can connect with us, our Instagram, D-I-A-H podcast, or you can check the show notes. There's always links to our social media accounts as well as the private Facebook group that we have for the Doing It at Home community. And you can check out the Doing It at Home gear, the swag, the shirts, the sweatshirts, tanks, depending on what season it is for you right now, there is something there for you. Different uh, shapes, (laughs) different sizes, different colors, different designs. So go check that out and that's through our website as well, diahpodcast.com. Okay, today's birth story. We're chatting with Naomi Jardine and Naomi is in the UK. So she actually lives in England with her family, her beautiful family, two little girls, Jasmine and Summer and her husband, Ben. And we had an incredible conversation sharing her journey to home birth, really influenced by some of the aspects of her first birth with her daughter, Jasmine. And the way she puts it, she kind of winged it in the sense that she actually felt like she wasn't super prepared for 
her birth and in that sense couldn't really advocate effectively for herself. So taking some of that experience and then actually being able to process and unpack it after the fact, years after her first birth actually, with a midwife in this this beautiful session that we talked about an after birth kind of thought after birth thought appointment, which I had never heard of before, but a place where she could open up and process and share and then be in proper preparation and space for a second birth. And they chose a home birth. And what I love about this journey and Naomi's story is it's really about that confidence building process for a woman, for a mother, for a birthing person in in their experience. And, you know, the phrase, I did it, and how often that comes up in a lot of these conversations on the show, it's just really magical to hear that and then to feel all of those I did it add up throughout the world, whether it's an actual word or in, in expression or in feeling that you get, that a woman gets in her birth, to add those all up together and to collectively, as I see it, allow us to shift the narrative more and more of birth and to empower our births and to educate our births and to support one another in our decisions. And I just think Naomi is a beautiful example of that. And it's so heartfelt and it's so warm. And I'm just so grateful we have her here on the show. So thank you so much to Naomi. And we're going to get into that story after a quick word from our sponsor. Hi, Naomi. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. How are you? Thank you. Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's really exciting. Absolutely. Yes. Um, please share with us a little bit about you and your family. Sure. So um, I am Naomi. My husband is Ben. Um, and we have two girls, Jasmine, my oldest, who is three and a half. And Summer, our youngest, who has just or was about to turn 14 months. Um, and we recently moved house. So we've recently had a big kind of transition in our family. We've moved house and the girls have moved um, nursery, but we're living closer to my parents now. So we have um, a lot more family around. So it's been a really good change for us. Oh, that's great. Some more community and support and village. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wonderful. Oh, that's amazing. And where do you live? So we live in Bedfordshire, which is um, a county in the southeast of England, about an hour from London. That's awesome. So I know we were talking a little bit before hitting record here, but the Bivens family had their first trip to England about two months ago, and we spent some time in London and absolutely loved it, completely fell in love. And I'm happy to have you here. I mean, not only to like relive some of that energy and absorb some of that from you, but, you know, to bring the different perspective of home birth, home birth, I think is so amazing. You know, when you look at it, um, I think in the States, we can forget that there are so many nuances globally, internationally, when it comes to, you know, the decisions around it, the philosophies around Mm -hmm. it. And I remember when we were in London, we had a couple conversations with some folks about what we do. You know, we shared that we were podcasters and we had a podcast about home birth. And one young woman that we spoke, spoke with, she's like, oh, that's so great. And she was just you know, really intrigued by it. And we shared with her, well, you know, because there's a a lot of stigma around home birth in the States and it's even illegal in some parts. And she was just shocked. Mm -hmm. She was completely taken aback and had no, you know, idea about that. And I just, it's, it's, it's just always fascinating, right? To have those conversations. So I, I love that you can bring a little bit of a, you know, that perspective from the UK. Yeah, sure. And, and it's interesting for me because I started um, listening to your podcast when I kind of went down the home birth 
um you know experience route and every you know all the stories were from um american families mm-hmm. so i was i was really interested to hear the differences myself as well so yeah yeah, it'll be nice to share um, a UK story. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So what got you interested in that path of home birth? Share with us a little bit of that background. Yeah, sure. So I, I've always been, I've always been someone who has kind of signed up to this idea that, um, you know, women can birth naturally and, um you know, that it's it's just this experience that we, we're capable of. And I, I always knew when I got pregnant with um, Jasmine, who was my first, um, I, I never planned a home birth at the time, but I definitely signed up to this idea of, um, you know, I can do it. I don't, um, it, it's my experience. And I didn't have too many um, fears about it, um, if that makes sense. I just kind of just felt like it was an experience that I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Jasmine's birth, I kind of, winged it and I didn't do that much preparation because I felt so um sure that this was something I could do but as a result I didn't really prepare I kind of just felt like oh I can do it you know women do this every single day millions of people give birth it's just the most natural thing for our bodies to do um so I didn't really give my birth that much thought and I did pregnancy yoga and um you know enjoyed my pregnancy I looked forward to my birth I kind of got into that excited zone um, always kind of planned to have a hospital birth. I ideally knew that I wanted like a, a pool, a water birth and things like that. Um, and then the reason I kind of talk about Jasmine's birth is because it what happened in Jasmine's birth is what led me to then make a decision to have a home birth for the summer. Okay. So in so for Jasmine's birth, I started at home um, and I labored at home so well and I labored really confidently at home I was really comfortable I was in my space I was really in the zone um and then because we hadn't planned home birth we needed to go to the hospital and my mom and my husband Ben were with me at home and there came a point where my mom started saying okay I think we should go I think we should go we need to go to the hospital and I remember just feeling really resistant to that and I didn't really want to go to the hospital because I felt so safe at home Um, and at the time again I didn't really realize you know what that would lead me to um so then we did go to the hospital and then I just remember when we got to the hospital with Jasmine I just had this complete loss of control I just I remember kind of when the midwives took over my care when we arrived there like every I just lost my sense of control and I felt like everything got handed over to them um and they looked after me brilliantly it's not not a criticism of, of them at all um and in many ways, I did get the birth I wanted with Jasmine. So I had only gas and air. I didn't have any kind of other pain relief. Um, I delivered her naturally. And in many ways, that was the birth I wanted. But um, after her birth, for ages and ages and ages, I was just left with these feelings of like disappointment in myself and just feeling like every time I told Jasmine's birth story, I would end up bursting into tears and it just, it, there was just lots about it that I couldn't kind of um, be at peace with, if mm. that makes sense. Yes. And I didn't get um, a ho- I didn't get a pool. I asked for a pool and apparently it was filled up in the hospital, but I didn't manage to give birth to her in the pool. Um, and yeah, it was just a very hospitalized experience. And I also had, I needed to have stitches after Jasmine's birth. And that was just such a traumatic um, thing for me. And, um, yeah, so e- even though her, her birth was 
as I said, like natural and I didn't have pain relief, which is what I set out to achieve, um, if that's the right word. It just didn't feel good for, for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got pregnant with Summer, I just really knew that I wanted to do things differently. And I started um, talking to my midwives and talking to friends who had had home birth. And I found your podcast <laughs> um, and started listening in particular just to the home birth stories. And what I realized from Jasmine's birth is that although this attempt at kind of winging it and just being confident and believing in my body, although I kind of, I realized why I set out to do it that way. um, Actually, I think a lack of preparation in some ways let me down because I didn't advocate for myself enough and I didn't inform my birth partners of like how to advocate for me either. Mm. Um, And that, you know, that led to these feelings of kind of disappointment and that I could have done it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so before summer's birth, I actually had an appointment with one of the midwives um, in the UK. And I just highly recommend these kinds of appointments to anyone. Um, it's called a birth afterthoughts appointment. And you can just basically go and chat to a midwife about your experience that you had and get any questions answered. You can look at your notes. You can kind of clear up anything that you didn't understand and get all those kind of questions answered. And it was really just like a therapy session. of, And I cried through so much of it. And it was just to kind of help me become, feel at more, feel more at peace with Jasmine's birth. Um, and in that session with that midwife, I, I hadn't even mentioned wanting home birth. And she said at one point, um, what are, what are your plans for this birth? And I said, oh, I don't know. We're kind of considering a home birth. And she said, I thought you will. I thought you would. I think that's exactly right for you. Mm. Um, and just those words of affirmation from her just made me feel like, oh, great. Like, I can do this. Like, this is a decision I can make. And it isn't going to be judged. And it is going to be supported. And maybe that instinct for me that I had from the beginning, but I didn't really recognize, um, was then being, you know, affirmed by someone like, yeah, you should do that. Um, so that's what kind of led me to then make the decision and, and go for it from there. Oh, that's amazing. I, I love you sharing all of that, you know, from from the uncovering and the kind of awareness of the lack of preparation, as you put it, and then how that mm. impacted your ability to advocate or not advocate for yourself or even communicate so that you could have others advocating yeah. for you. And then yeah. that appointment, that birth afterthought appointment I haven't heard of anything like that here in the States. Mm. Uh, I'm sure it exists. It must, you know, given some of the wonderful care models that are here. I mean, I'm sure they exist within many midwifery communities. But if you were to Mm -hmm. go the hospital route, it's my understanding that it'll just be a very from a very physical standpoint in terms of this is what your body looks like. This is what your, you know, vagina and vulva looks like. And that that's it. Not how are you feeling? How did you process Mm -hmm. the birth? I haven't heard of anything like that. So to have that opportunity to kind of unpack that and then to get that affirmation you did from the midwife, I just think is beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and it was two years after Jasmine's birth as well. So it wasn't even an immediate thing. It it was a two year process to kind of have that appointment and, and then process it. Um, and it was just such a vital part of me you know, going into home birth and feeling feeling so much more confident about what happened in Jasmine's birth and the reasons why things happened the way they did and, you know, just feeling like 
I understood the way things unfolded a lot more. Yes. So that just gave me even more, even more confidence moving forward with, with a home birth for summer. Yes. Um, so yeah, just such, such an amazing um, opportunity to have that. So, mm. and I'm, I'm a very reflective person anyway. So I think having that opportunity to reflect and answer all those questions and those doubts and put everything to bed just was just such a, an amazing thing to do. Right. And so moving out of that, being able to, clear a little bit of that space, let's say, uh, mm-hmm. how was some of the preparation then for summer's birth? How did you prepare for it? Or what was some of the things you did differently beforehand? Yeah, so, so much I did, I did differently. I, I actually read books this time. Um, I, I listened to a lot of podcasts about home birth. I joined local Facebook groups about home birth where, you know, for mums locally just asking um lots of questions or sharing their stories and um I spoke to friends who had had home births and I I basically just surrounded myself very much with this um this wall of positivity mm. and I didn't tell many people that we were planning to home birth especially people that I thought wouldn't understand it or would kind of project their fears and worries um onto me so I really got myself into a space of feeling like empowered and feeling confident and excited. Um, I read some, you know, just just really, really amazing books. I did a lot more hypnobirthing. Um, and the most important thing, I think, and I guess I wouldn't have had this experience had my first birth not been this way, is I knew what I wanted and what I didn't want based on what happened with Jasmine. Mm-hmm. And that was so important and I was so much more confident and I think maybe motherhood makes you more confident anyway um I was so much more confident to say this is what I want and this is what I want my birth partners to do this is the atmosphere that I want at home this is what I don't want um and I just made that I I just did that work to prepare Mm. and I did lots of visualization stuff I wrote affirmations um I really did a lot of visualization, like how I wanted it, how I wanted it all to be. Um, and yeah, I just didn't, didn't let anything stop me really, which is also just quite unlike me generally in life. I, I, I mean, I, I do go after things that I want, but I don't, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a personality trait with me, but whereas with this home birth, I was like, this is what I want. I'm really determined and I'm going to make it happen, uh, which is really cool because yeah, that's not, not usually like me, I wouldn't say. Oh yes, that is really cool. I, I I just think it's amazing how how opportunities and possibilities like that will come up when we might not expect them or when it doesn't necessarily align with how we understand ourselves to be. And I think that just speaks more and more to the incredible transformative power of birth and of caring life yeah. and of it, it just brings in a whole new element and and way to see ourselves and to experience ourselves that, you know, hopefully we can carry with us, you know, post-birth into other aspects mm-hmm. of our life and, and, and grow from it. So I, I love that you shared that. Um, yeah, thank you. How was Ben in the process? I know if Matthew were here, that's what he would be asking. So I got to <laughs> gotta check in on dad. <laughs> um, oh, Ben's downstairs, so I could I keep going ask him. <laughs> um, no, he, he was good. I mean, Ben was, Ben was always very much like, um, he, he wasn't scared of home birth mm-hmm. at all. It wasn't um, something he was worried about. Um, he always came with me to appointments, so I guess he had he had his opportunity then to ask questions. Um, and he was very chilled. And Ben's very chilled. He's very relaxed. 
um he he was yeah just very supportive and I think he just knew I think he just sensed from me like this is my body my experience and I think he just knew that what I wanted his role to be um and uh, and part of that was you know don't project your if you do have any fears about this don't project them onto me like you know do your own research or process those fears yourself because I don't want to fear I don't want to feel like you're worried about it because that will impact on me Mm. um but yeah he was he was great and he's just like yeah that's what you want to do that's what we'll do um so that was cool that was really good awesome Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at and so let's move into birth time itself. So uh, who was mm-hmm. attending? Who was planned to be there? So my so Ben and my mum as well. So my mum was at Jasmine's birth, which was just really, really special. And um, so she was also at Summer's birth. Um, and then we have NHS midwives. So the NHS is the National Health Service. So we did all our home birth through the National Health Service. So you you are appointed a midwife on the day of the birth, but you haven't necessarily met them before, okay. um, which is slightly more unusual. But you, it's not necessarily anyone that you've met um, up until that point. It's just whoever's kind of on their shift that day. So, But there was always a midwife plan to be there as well. Okay. And how did you feel about that, you know, maybe not knowing the midwife who would be there, you know, how did you either visualize or mentally prepare for that? Yeah, um, I, I didn't I didn't mind too much because all, oh, all the midwives that I've ever met through the NHS have always been great. Um, so I, I wasn't worried about it at all. It is just I think it's, it's something that because I was aware that that's the situation, you don't know who you don't know who you're going to get. Got it. Um, it. I was that was to be expected. It okay. wasn't like I had a plan to have someone and then it changed on the day. Um, but the midwife, we actually ended up having two midwives and a student. So it was actually a busier house than we anticipated. Okay. <laughs> um, but, but everyone, everyone was just amazing. Like I, I can't, I'll get onto that, I guess, but I can't, right. um, they were just amazing, all of them. So I, I didn't know who was going to walk through the door, but I, I couldn't have got any luckier with who we got. So yeah, that was just like a little lucky death, I suppose, jackpot thing. Yeah. So I was, uh what was I think of three days early with um summer and I it was actually the World Cup, the football world cup I remember and Ben was watching Oh that's cool. Um, a game. <laughs> yeah. Ben was watching a game. I think it was a very important one. Um because I don't I don't remember him paying me much attention <laughs> uh when I was trying to say I think I might be in early labour. Um and we had Jasmine upstairs asleep. So she was Two, just over two years, four months when Summer was born. So she was asleep upstairs. Um, and I just remember like those telltale signs of labor starting, like a bit of a funny tummy and kind of period pains. And my water started leaking a little bit. Um, and Ben was just fully absorbed in the, in the football game. Um, so, 
yeah, I just, my my main concern when everything first started was how I was going to get Jasmine out the house. So, mm. so we chose not to have Jasmine there um, with us for many, many reasons. Um, but because of that, I guess it, this was, must have been about 8 p.m. at night. And I was just like, oh, I really would prefer Jasmine not to be here. And that kind of took up a lot of my energy initially. Like I want, I, I feel like I won't relax until she's off at, at nursery for the day which was the was the plan for her so I did manage to go to sleep that night um, and I was having just early contractions at home and then by 3 a.m I just I couldn't I couldn't sleep I couldn't relax in bed so I came downstairs to the living room and I just put on um, my hypnobirthing tracks and in particular it was the kind of words of affirmation and um, tracks that I just kept listening to on repeat and I just made sure things were just going really, really slowly. And I think I knew in my body and my mind that I just wanted to kind of almost stall things slightly until we got through to the morning and I could um, get Jasmine out. So it just went all really slowly. And I just, again, just stayed in this like really calm state. Um, and then when she woke up, I just managed to, I don't know how, but we managed to get Jasmine out the house by eight in the morning, which is unheard of for her. She's wow. a very slow mover in the morning. <laughs> um, so that was all just, you know, just little contractions, nothing, nothing major. And then she went to nursery at 8 a.m. It's like, oh, thank goodness. Um, my mum, I think, arrived really shortly after. And then it was, and then it just happened. And I knew, I just knew that as soon as Jasmine was out of the way, I could just relax. I didn't have to worry about her. I didn't have those, those concerns anymore. Um, and my bead just, just started um, contracting more frequently. And I was just on the yoga ball, bouncing away. And we'd hired a birthing pool. Mm. So Ben was kind of busy setting that up in the living room. And that was his, you know, his job. Um, and we had, yeah, we had some food and, um we called the midwives and just let them know that that it had started and again it's just they kind of just do their thing behind the scenes of telling people telling the community midwives that someone's in in labor to kind of get ready to send someone round so for about an hour it was all all fine just kind of just contracting my mum was timing the contractions that was her her job she did that with Jasmine as well she still got all the recordings in her phone which is so funny so she, so she did that again for summer she was timing all the contractions for me um and then when things got a little bit more intense I just um I kind of made this little space for myself on on the sofas and I I started to kind of go a bit more inward as, as you do and close my eyes more um I had just again the, the affirmations playing over and over I, I really wanted this atmosphere of like peace and calm and quiet I, di I didn't want a lot of chatter or questions um I just wanted to to get through it and kind of be in in my zone um so you know when when Ben for example started asking a bit too many questions I'd just be like shh, 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 I don't want to hear that <laughs> and just really again just that confidence though of not being afraid to kind of say what I wanted mm. in this birth and really make sure it played out how I wanted it to and, and that goes back to that preparation and being really clear of what I wanted um so I put on do you know the tent machine yes you guys have that yeah yeah so I had the tent machine on which um really really helped me and I was just kind of um, on my on my knees and then just leaning my body over the sofa, resting my head on the sofa, had my eyes closed. Um, and Ben was, again, calling the mid calling the midwives to tell them what was happening. Things were obviously getting um, more intense. 
um, and the pool was ready, but I didn't want to get in the pool without without guidance. I just felt like I was I was starting to get to that point where I just in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, I'd quite like a midwife to get here soon. Um, I didn't I didn't feel scared, but I, I also we didn't want to do it without a midwife. We really wanted a midwife there. Mm. And my contractions were really getting quite um, intense. That was kind of by the end of the second hour. Um, but I felt so good. I felt really in control. I felt really calm. I was just really using a lot of kind of breath work and um, the kind of hypnobirthing method to get to get through it all. Um, and then I remember Ben got off the phone to the midwife and he said, seven minutes, they'll be here in seven minutes. And I was like, okay, I can do seven minutes. That's great. <laughs> like that gives me a really good, good focus. Um, and then so seven minutes came and then the midwife arrived and it was just like, I describe it as just like an angel walking through the door. And I was like, yeah, the midwife's here. Just to get that like professional guidance, just to feel really taken care of. And um, even though I wanted to do things my way, I think you still, I still really wanted that, obviously like that professional support and someone to really guide me. I'm similar. Um, yeah. And our midwife's name was, was Saskia. And she was just, she was just perfect. I just can't sing her praises highly enough. Um, so she, I, I said to her, one of the things I didn't want was like loads of examinations. I didn't want to be examined. I didn't want to be tested too much. I didn't want to be, I didn't want that bubble around me burst too much. Right. Um, so she was just so, so respectful of that. And she, she monitored the baby's um, heartbeat a few times, which is, which they have to do, but she was just very non-invasive with me. Um, and I said to her, I really want the pool, I want the pool, I want the pool, because um, I didn't get that the first time. And I, again, I was just so determined to, to get in the water. So, um, yeah, so she she just then guided us and she guided me to kind of when I was ready to, um, you know, take take my clothes off and get into the pool and find a position in the pool that was really comfortable. And those are the kind of things I, I wouldn't have necessarily done by myself so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so she guided me to get into the pool and. Um, I still had my eyes closed. I just barely opened my eyes the whole time. It was just my way of kind of protecting protecting myself. Um, and and then I started to get the the push contractions, so the push urges. And it was so interesting it being the second time because it really was familiar. It was just like, oh, yeah, I, I know this feeling. Like, this is familiar now, but I know what to do. And I feel much more in control of these feelings rather than feeling um, out of control with them and like panicked by them as I did the first time and Saskia just kept saying to me you know what to do Naomi you know you know what to do and I was like yeah I do know what to do and just those words as well were just so they just boosted me because she was telling me like keep going you're doing the right things you, your body is, has done this before you know what to do um, and that was just so so comforting mm. to hear um, so I was in the pool, which was amazing. It was it was just such good pain relief, um, and I was I was so attached to my tens machine. I was really quite nervous about taking it off actually, um, and whether I would still get the same relief from the pool. But I, I really did. It was just amazing. And um, I'm a Pisces, and I love water, and <laughs> I think that that just gave me such an amazing feeling um, to be in the water. Um, so yeah, and then um, obviously. I was pushing and the pushing stage didn't really take long at all and just 
so calm and I was really quiet and I did I did kind of at times when it got intense I think I got a bit louder with myself but otherwise I was just really in this hypnotic state and mm. my mum kept saying to me oh you're doing so well you're doing so well and I, I didn't really feel like I was I don't know like not trying it was just I think it was just being uh, just being in that kind of hypnotic state I guess and just allowed me to just breathe through it and that is literally all I was doing was just focusing on breathing and staying focused mm-hmm. um, and then what happened was Summer's head was born and um, I had this like urge to kind of reach down and touch her because you know when the head's born you're kind of like ah and I knew her head had been born and everyone was like no don't do anything don't do anything and it was suddenly this really long pause before the next contraction, whereas I'd been having contractions so frequently, like every minute. And then her head was born and everything just went still and quiet. And it was like a good few minutes before I had another contraction. And it was just this weird kind of pause in time, really strange moment. And, and the, the midwife said, don't touch her because she's not fully come out yet so Mm. you don't want to touch her and like stimulate her to breathe or something like that when she's still under the water Uh. um but it was yeah just this strange moment like waiting for the rest of her and we we didn't know it was a girl by the way at the time we 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 didn't know the gender Mm. before she was born um and then I had another contraction and and pushed her out in the water um and yeah, and I still had my eyes closed even at the very end. I just I didn't realise I just still had my eyes closed. And then I remember um she was born and we didn't we didn't know the gender and um the first thing I heard was Ben said, You were right because I'd been guessing it was another oh, girl. Okay. Um and I was like, Oh, it's a girl then but just hearing him say you were right was just I just knew what, what he meant. Mm-hmm. Um and then she was lifted onto my chest. And I finally like opened my eyes and was I had her there and I'd done it and um it's making me so emotional just to tell that bit. Mm. And I just said, like, I did it, I did it, I did it, I did it and I just couldn't stop kind of I couldn't believe it that I'd done it and it just been it was just so perfect. It was kind of everything that I wanted it mm. to be. Sorry, I'm getting so emotional now. You're getting me too, so it's okay. I'll go along <laughs> on the ride with you. <laughs> oh, dear. But it's good tears. It's good tears yes, this yes. time. Um, yeah, so she was she was here, and she, we did skin to skin in the pool. And it was just the whole thing was just so peaceful and calm. And I just, I just, um, I kind of knew birth would be like, could be like that. Because, you, yeah. you know, I know birth covers, of course, goes without saying covers a whole spectrum. Um, but that that is just what I wanted from my birth. I wanted that kind of peaceful, powerful, transformative experience. And, and that's exactly what it was. And it was just everything about it was just so healing. And to be able just to declare I did it, meaning... I did it at home <laughs> and I did it in the pool and I did it the way I wanted it. And it, it just encompassed so much for me just to kind of say that I did it. Um, hence <laughs> the emotion. Yeah. And yeah. And then she was just on me and I was like looking at her, like, who are you? And what do you look like? And all those, all those kind of things. Mm. So yeah, that was that was most of it, really. <laughs> I love when you say, you know, I did it. That's a very 
common phrase I feel like I hear on the show that that either is verbally Mm -hmm. what a lot of women experience and express or it's just you know resonating throughout their bodies once baby arrives this like I did it I did it and I like to imagine when you said it I don't know they all kind of linked up for me and all clicked together in this formation of this visualization that I see of every time a woman has that feeling or expresses that in birth I see it just going into this giant jar right whether it's a marble or it's a coin and by each one we add in there you know, it just creates this whole new experience of how we can relate to birth, hold space for birth, educate around birth. I just think each one of those I did it is a mm-hmm. huge win and add to evolve the narrative. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that's so, so true. It's like another another one. Another one of us did it in yes. that way that um, that we we can do it. in. so. Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, the, the fun thing that happened was like, I think because I'd been so in control for the whole time, I then, um, the placenta took a while to come in, in the water as well. And then it eventually did. And Ben was just holding Summer outside the water on his chest. Um, so I delivered the placenta and then the midwives helped me to get out the pool. And then I just cried and cried and cried and I just could not stop. It was just like mm-hmm. this waterfall of tears. And it wasn't, it was happiness, but it was also just this uncontrollable flow of, of crying and that release of so much. Yes. Um, when I climbed out of the water and it, I, I don't even know even now, like what I was letting go of, but it was just, um, I just couldn't stop crying for ages. Yes. And, you know, when someone says to you, are you okay? And then you just start crying again. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, I love that as well, because I just feel like it was that that important release to kind of shed all of that emotion. And I guess those things that I've been holding on to since Jasmine's birth as well, um, kind of all came out. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, that and space then we is there. there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, a friend of mine calls that sacred water. You know, when you're just, you know, you don't necessarily have to have a reason or a thing or you don't need to unpack all of it necessarily, but it's happening. Mm-hmm. Right. And isn't it a beautiful yeah. thing that it's able to happen? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a couple of things that I'm taking notes from your birth story, because I know you shared some notes with us before we did the interview, Mm -hmm. you know, so that we can have context of what your story is about. One thing I'm definitely taking into my next birth is afternoon tea after baby arrives, whatever time of day it is. I am making sure someone has afternoon tea set up for me. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Yeah, that's that's the British thing that we did. We had had tea like an hour after she was born. One of the midwives was there like making tea and um, biscuits and stuff in in the corner of, of the kitchen so we all just sat down and had tea and toast and things like that so it's just so nice a hot oh. cup of tea is just what what everyone wants in England after they've had baby oh okay well that's <laughs> happening for sure and then <laughs> another thing and I think this is a really fun note to end on uh Mamma Mia soundtrack had, yes. had some had something yeah. to do with post-birth tell me a little bit about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so I actually um I actually did need some stitches as well after Summer was mm-hmm. born. And obviously for Jasmine that was like a huge trauma thing for me. That was just such a trigger. Um and the midwife said to me, like, we I think you do need some and I was like, Oh no. Um I just it, it felt it did there was a tinge of disappointment, I must say, sure. kind of having had everything that happened so perfectly. Um, to then need stitches but I think again I, I've, I've come around to it being like a, a lesson um, and it was just so different again so different being at home and I, they, I just went upstairs to my bedroom 
and we put Mamma Mia soundtrack on because I was like I just need something to relax to the last time this happened it was just like in a in a hospital kind of theatre and it was just horrendous in every single way I had more gas and air when I had stitches than during Jasmine's whole birth um and this time it was just so different it was just so different and I and the Mamma Mia soundtrack just kind of I was like yep that's something that makes me happy and relaxed so Mm -hmm. I'm going to put that on for this experience and it worked it was just it, it you know it's not nice um but it wasn't it wasn't traumatic in the slightest and um you know then my recovery and my healing was just you know a hundred times faster and better and easier than from Jasmine's birth as well. Um, so yeah, I haven't listened to Mama Mia much since though. <laughs> <laughs> the reminders. Um, but yeah, I think I just wanted to have something, something joyful sure. after kind of doing all that hard work um, and and get through something that was previously and was was still kind of a fearful situation for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of after birth, you know, stuff. Um, but it helped a lot. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's amazing. So that's another thing I want to take into whether it's whether it's Mamma Mia specifically or something. I want a little music, maybe dance party after yeah. as well. So I'm yeah, putting yeah, that yeah, on the list. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Ah, uh, Naomi, thank you so so much. I I am truly inspired by you, and I really appreciate your sharing from from everything, all the points along your journey, you know, if you follow them along, they have this, this beautiful cohesiveness to them. And I feel like there were all these synchronicities and things that led you to where you are now and the ability Mm -hmm. that you have to share now and to share your story with others whom, you know, I know are going to be inspired as well and take something from, you know, like this community that's been built here. It's just so magical what we're all able to, to be for each other. So I thank you. I thank Jasmine and Summer and Ben, all of you. And next time we do our, our England UK world tour, we're going to have to stop um, and see you all. (laughs) Yeah, you should. I would love that. I would definitely love to see you guys. That would be amazing. Thank you so much again. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's, It's such an honor to be able to have have a space to share a birth story and which is just obviously such a huge moment in any mother's life Mm -hmm. Um, so thank you for having me and, and letting me share my story Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.